Hi, and welcome to the Start Here podcast for Ruby on Rails. My name is Dane Miller, and I'm here to teach you how to become a Ruby on Rails developer. You can find us online at starthere.fm. Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Ruby on Rails podcast. On this episode, we're going to discuss how to get into being an advanced beginner, and then we're going to briefly discuss how to get out of that. Now, on the first episode of this podcast, we discussed the formula of how to really go from knowing nothing to understanding the lay of the land and understanding the community and understanding all of the different things that you have to do to really get into learning this industry. Now, on this episode, what we're going to do is we're going to cover going from where we left off on episode one of the Ruby on Rails podcast to how do we actually become an advanced beginner? And again, we say we we defined that term on the first episode, but let's just go ahead and define it again. An advanced beginner is typically somebody that can do a lot of things. So he can program web applications. He can work on a team. He probably has a good job. You know, I view an advanced beginner as somebody that is about up to 90000 per year. Now, you can be more than advanced beginner at that price point, but I don't think an advanced beginner can really go beyond that price point in, in salary from a front-end developer perspective or even a Ruby on Rails perspective or whatnot. Now, it's very easy to become an advanced beginner, but a lot of people aren't. A lot of people don't do this. Um, now, the funny thing is, the worst part about being an advanced beginner is that you can get trapped there. And I think the majority of people that you meet um, are trapped in a pseudo advanced beginner phase. Now, a lot of people in the Ruby on Rails world are wicked smart. So a lot of the people that go to RailsConf and do these conferences and, and that you watch online, these people are sharp. They are not advanced beginners, guys. These guys that put on these presentations and do these things, the people that work at ThoughtBot, you know, people like Ben Orenstein and, and, and stuff like this, these people are extremely not advanced beginners. So this isn't everybody. I'm not saying everybody is an advanced beginner, but a lot of the people that I meet are either intuitively programmers, like they're so intuitive about programming that they don't even have the advanced beginner phase. They somehow skip past that, which not everybody can do that. And then the other group of people I meet, they're just in the advanced beginner phase and they're stuck there. Now, getting out of that advanced beginner phase is an, is very hard. And it took me uh, over multiple years to even get out of that phase. And here's a spoiler alert. It's not any programming or anything like that that typically will get you out of that phase because before that phase and in that phase, you're going to be doing a lot of programming. Like eight hours a day for, for many years. Now, the way that you get out of that phase, and we'll, we'll cover this more later, the way you really get out of that phase is with a shift in thinking. And, you know, I, I meet a lot of people in general in life that, that think that a shift in thinking is not sufficient to, to, to get them to where they want to be. I see this constantly and even even in myself, in my own past, and it's something that I'm really passionate about now, this concept that a shift in thinking is everything, guys. It's it's everything. I mean, people apply this sort of nonchalant attitude to a shift in thinking to money, to health, to wealth, like to every aspect of life, their career, um, everything, it, absolutely everything. Imagine if you could shift your thinking such that you accelerated your career 
in two years what you were going to do in five years. And let me just spoiler alert you here. It's only with a shift in thinking that you can do that. Yes, it requires practice and action. But before any of that could happen, you have to have a shift in your thinking, right? So here's an example. Elon Musk, right? If he didn't have a shift in his thinking at some point that said, I want to go to Mars, I want to build a rocket company. If he didn't have those types of visions and those types of big dreams, then he wouldn't be doing what he's doing right now. So it, I actually talk about this a lot as the start line and the finish line. So the start line is where you have the shift in thinking where you're where you're like, you know what? I'm sick of this. I want to have a better career. I want to be better at programming. I want to be living a better life, healthier, more wealth. Like whatever it is, that's the start line. And a lot of people don't make it there, right? And this is this is kind of plays into this whole advanced beginner thing. A lot of people don't make it to the point where they say, you know what? I want to be the best Ruby on Rails programmer in the world. Like <laughs> I'm telling you guys, less than 1% of the planet thinks that way, right? Maybe they wish that a lot of people wish and want. So they're like, oh, I wish I was a good programmer. That is a lot. A lot of people do that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm specifically talking about a shift in thinking where you're like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to be the top 10 programmers in the world for Ruby on Rails. Like having that sort of shift in thinking, that's the start line. So a lot of people don't make it to that start line. Then 99% of that group doesn't make it to the finish line. But only the people that make it to the start line even have a chance at making it to the finish line. And it's not some kind of odds thing like, oh, you just didn't get lucky. So you didn't make it to the finish line. It's something we can all do. Every one of you listening to this can be the top, you know, top one of the top 20 consultants in the world for Ruby on Rails. That's very achievable for everybody listening to this. I know all of you have the IQ to do that. Now, it would be hard it would be very hard. It would take many years, a lot of struggling, a lot of networking, a lot of getting your name out there, hustling nonstop, putting out content, going to conferences, doing crazy amounts of work. But it's only with a shift in thinking that something like that is possible, that you will ever even try it, that you will ever even approach that, that you might ever even wish or have that sort of dream. Don't be the type of person that wishes and wants. So don't say to yourself, I wish I was a good programmer. I wish I was better. No, don't do that. Instead, spend five minutes a day doing code katas. Spend five minutes a day training your mind to shift your thinking to achieve a goal that is bigger than what you currently think is possible. How else do you think you become a better programmer, guys? Make a goal today. I'm going to build X website that is way more complicated than I know I could build. So let's say you're a junior web developer. Let's say you decide... I'm going to build a web app that, you know, parses uh, podcast feeds or something like that. That's, that's, you know, that's like a non-trivial application. If you think about how that works, um, try that. So if you can't do it, you're, you're like, oh, you know, I, I don't have the skills to do that. Good. Learn the skills and then do it. If you don't have the skills to do something, that's like a precious gem in life because you have the capability to learn those skills, Right. You have your brain, you have all of your cognizant functions, you have all of your limbs, you have, you know, so many things to be grateful for in this life. 
And if you're not taking advantage of every single day and trying to be a better program and the best programmer that you could possibly be, if that's your goal, you know, going to conferences, going to forums, reading the community, reading about things like reading tutorials, reading source code, writing it over and over and over and over again, writing programming patterns a hundred times. If you just are sitting around and I'm talking to myself, right? I, I've done this just like everybody else on the planet has. I'm, I'm talking to us all here. But sitting around saying, I wish I knew that programming pattern is not going to ever make you know that programming pattern. That's never a thing. If you look at the top most one million successful people in the world, the top million, they're all millionaires, and every single one of them did hard work consistently for years and years and years and years. And even if we're not talking about millionaires, we're just talking about the top 10 most successful people in Ruby on Rails or in programming, like the top 10 consultants in the world or the top 10 badasses. Like, I don't know, however, you know, like Aaron Patterson or something like that. He's a core committer to Ruby and Ruby on Rails. Aaron works really hard, guys. Like Aaron sits down and goes and so here's the thing, guys. Aaron thinks deeper than all of you do. I know for a fact. And you know how I can know that without knowing you and without knowing him specifically? It's because, guess what? He's a Ruby core committer. He's a Ruby on Rails core committer. He's a, a master of C. He's a master. Like, the guy has the accolades and the reasons to be a deeper thinker than you. So only when you shift your mind and say, you know what? I'm going to be as good as Aaron. I'm going to think as deeply as him. I'm going to learn C and, and learn Ruby and really get into it and think about thread locks and, and like all of the stuff that Aaron thinks about, most people do not think about in this community. And that's fine. I'm not saying you have to or you should. A lot of people don't want to be Ruby core committers and that's great. So it's okay for Aaron to think deeply about that topic and you not. What I'm just showing you is a juxtaposition between the type of thinking you have and the type of thinking it takes to be as successful as an Aaron Patterson. And it's not luck. It's not luck that got Aaron to be, you know, one of the most requested speakers in all of the Ruby on Rails community. And you might not be an extrovert. You might be listening to this as an introvert and not want that at all. That's totally fine. But just keep in mind that when you're thinking about success and shifts in mindset, look at people that are in the community that are a couple of years ahead of you and just download the mindset that they have. So go go watch Aaron Patterson do uh, programming videos on Pluralsight or pl whatever the, you know, Linda. And what you'll find is he has certain types of thinking when he's programming. Okay, so what we're looking at is one of the top 10 programmers probably in the Rails community for sure, maybe in the world. And we're looking at his programming thoughts, like how he thinks about programming. Okay, just download his thinking, download it into your brain and combine it with whatever thinking you have. But realize that the thinking you have got you to where you are today. The type of thinking he has got him to where he is, right? And if you aren't happy with where you are, if you aren't learned, if you haven't learned enough, if you haven't accelerated your career enough, if you're not working at Google or Facebook, if you want that, I'm not saying everybody has to want that, but if you aren't working at the job that you want, et cetera, et cetera, it's because everything about your life and your situation currently is a result of your thinking up until this point. But at this exact moment, you can choose to make a different decision. 
Everything in our lives is based on decisions. Everything that we do is based on decisions and always will be. Every moment that we have is a new moment to make a new decision. And you can either make a little decision or you can make a big decision. You can shift your mind a little bit or a lot. You can say, I'm going to be just as badass as Aaron Patterson. You can say, I'm going to be 10% as badass as Aaron Patterson. Whatever it is for you, at this moment, you have the ability to make that decision. You know, you're home from work after the, the day job and you want to go to bed, but you make the decision to stay up and learn Ruby on Rails because you know that in two to three years, you can be living a badass life with a badass job being a badass and not unhappy with your current situation. Right, guys? That's why we're here, because we're interested in elevating our education in Ruby on Rails, elevating ourselves, elevating our lives, and you using Ruby on Rails as a vehicle to do that. I think that's one of the most amazing things about programming. And this is a this is a sort of programming mindset that I don't think a lot of people talk about. But programming is a vehicle, right? It's a vehicle to reach a sort of utopian type lifestyle. So being a programmer is one of the most diverse yet fundamental skills in the new world. And by being a programmer, it gives you some of the most freedom. It gives you some of the most creative control, some of the most fundamental logical thinking skills, some of the best critical thinking skills, some of the best leadership opportunities, some of the best job opportunities, the best lifestyle opportunities, the best living opportunities. Guys, we're living in the most affluent, bountiful, plentiful time in the history of the world. And you're right now on a career path as a Ruby on Rails developer or a web developer or a programmer in general to be one of the most affluent people in, in a career that is possible. Like there's no other career that has more affluency in this country or in the world currently. I mean, yes, you could be a lawyer or whatever, but the point that I'm trying to make here, guys, is that we should be so grateful that we have this opportunity to be badass Ruby on Rails developers, to be badass programmers. And what we should be doing is we should utilize that, let it shift our thinking, and then take the necessary actions, make the necessary hard decisions every single day to become a better programmer. And if you do that, you will. And if you do that, you win. And it's about as simple as that. All right, guys, we're 15 minutes in here almost, and uh, we haven't even gotten to the first topic, so let's do that. All right, guys, so the first topic is today we wanted to talk about how to become an advanced beginner. So how do you get into this uh, advanced beginner phase? And again, we define that as any job where you're not viewing yourself as a senior. You're probably defined as a mid-level to most people. Most people see you as a mid-level. Um, how can you reach that point? Now, a lot of the times those jobs will be in the range of 45,000 to 90,000 per year. So that's kind of the range of jobs that I'm describing. So if you're in that range currently, we're going to talk about that. But if you're not in that range, actually, I'll take that back. It's more like 60 to 90,000. So if you're not in that range, what we're going to talk about is the best ways that I think you can approach the situation to get into that. Um, and not just for the money, right? Like we're not doing this just for the money. I'm simply using that as a very real KPI that you guys can fixate on and set your sights on. Okay, so the best way that I think you can get into being an advanced beginner, the first step that I would do is to really do a lot 
of whatever you're currently doing. So the best way, and this sounds uh, counterintuitive, maybe, but the maybe it doesn't. But the best way to get into being an advanced beginner, and again, this is that people say this with a negative connotation, advanced beginner, negative, but really in this conversation, we're going to leverage the term, leverage the ease of getting into it as a way to propel our career, right? So we're talking about how can I get into this thing that most people want to avoid because it can help you accelerate your career, right? So how can I get into being an advanced beginner? Okay, so the first step is to do whatever you're doing now a lot. So that's the first step, do it a lot. So are you programming web apps at your day job? Are you doing video games and JavaScript at your day job? Are you coming home at night doing Ruby on Rails tutorials? Whatever you're doing based on either what we talked about in the first episode or what you're doing at your day job, I want you to continue doing that over and over and over and over again. And we're also going to discuss here, like I mentioned, how to get out of that. So this will be just a a clean conversation. We're not going to segment those two topics at all. We're just going to segue from one right into the other because they're very fluid. This is a fluid um, acceleration of how you can learn Ruby on Rails development, I think. This is how I did it. Um, and a lot of people that I know. So you want to try to get into that advanced beginner role as soon as possible. So really, it comes down to experience. So you have to do these things a lot. So if you're at home, coming home from your day job, wanting to learn Ruby on Rails, do those programming tutorials, do a hundred. Like literally do a hundred tutorials, guys. So we're taking it where we left off in the first episode of the Ruby on Rails podcast, we said do 10 tutorials. Here we're saying do a hundred because you're not just a beginner, you want, you're an advanced beginner now. You're trying to aim, your next aim after beginner is advanced beginner. Then after that, it's solid mid-level. And we'll discuss that in a minute. So now what you're doing is you're doing a hundred tutorials. You're at your day job. Maybe if you already have a Ruby on Rails day job, you're doing it with excellence. And you're trying really hard to think through everything that you're doing, but you're not getting overwhelmed. In fact, again, as we discussed in the first episode, I keep harping back to stuff we discussed there. If you're getting overwhelmed, I would rather that you just type the code over and over again without thinking about it than to think about it and get overwhelmed because then you won't do it. If you're one of these people that gets really overwhelmed, like, oh, I can only do, you know, 30 tutorials because it's so taxing on my brain. Like I can't do any more in a week or something like that. Then don't think about it. Just literally type the code over and over and over again, a hundred times. That's a key critical first step, guys. Okay, so I would expect that you spend at a minimum three to four weeks doing that. So a solid month or two or three even. I mean, this is a long, you know, this is the long game guys that we're, we're doing here. I mean, in three months seems like a long time to a lot of people, but really the long game is even longer than that. So here we're just saying, realistically, if you want to get a good job and become a better programmer, you're going to have to do this for like a month or two or three So you're doing this for a month or two or three, doing tutorials, doing web apps over and over and over and over again. Now, here's the trick or the sort of secret that I guess people know, but nobody really talks about. And that is after doing that, you're an advanced beginner. Guess what? (laughs) There's no other step, guys. There's no other step for this part. To become an advanced beginner, you literally just have to put in the work. And it's the easiest thing ever, right? Because all you do is you put in the work. What is there? There's no complicated formula here. 
It's the most the most basic and fundamental formula that we could possibly imagine. Just this concept that we put in the work and we get the result. So we put in the summer work, we get the fall yield of the crop. So we put in the work, we get the result. Now, most people aren't going to want to do this because a lot of people aren't consistent. So they'll do something for some amount of weeks and then they'll stop or they'll do something for one week and then they'll stop. Now, a lot of people, a lot of you that already have a job as a Ruby on Rails developer, that's great because you have an incentive. You're being paid eight hours a day to learn Ruby on Rails. Just do your job well for three to four to five or six months. And then guess what? Boom, you're an advanced beginner. And you didn't even realize when it happened. You're not going to realize when it happened. At some point it will happen. This feeling will come over you like, oh yeah, I could build that. Like, oh, I could, I could build that. Like when you think about things like, oh yeah, I could, I could do that in Ruby on Rails in like a couple days. That's your advanced beginner phase. When you start thinking, and this is, this is a good trick guys to think about this. How do you know if you're an advanced beginner? It's really obvious if somebody tells you some kind of web app and you say, I could build that in two or three days in Ruby on Rails, right? That's the sign of advanced beginner. I could build that in two or three days in Ruby on Rails. That is it. That is it, guys. If you don't think that, then you're not an advanced beginner. And the reason that's an advanced beginner is because a real senior or a super, super senior mid-level is going to not think that way. They're basically going to look at it and go, oh, I see the underlying complexity in that. That's one of the differences that we'll get into in a minute with the difference between a senior and advanced beginner or a mid-level and advanced beginner. Now, as you're doing this, you're, you're at your day job, you're working away, you're at home after work, working away, learning, 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 doing programming, implementing, implementing, implementing. Now, after you do this for a while, like I said, you're going to get in the phase where you're an advanced beginner. Now, here's the key. There's no there's no magic formula on how to become one. I just told you it's that one simple step. Put in the work consistently over and over, right? Boom, done. But here's the trick. Most people get stuck in this, right? So most people get stuck here. So what that means is they'll do that. They'll do exactly what I said. They'll put in the work over and over again, almost like mindlessly, and they'll do that for 10 years before they get out of the advanced beginner phase. Now, what I want you to do is to get out of the advanced beginner phase within two months after realizing you're in it. So it'll take you a couple of months to get into that, but then I want you out of it in two to three months following that. And that's super hard. That's very hard. If I were to say I want you out of it in one week, 99.999% of people wouldn't be able to do that. And it's not because, and it's not an IQ thing. We'll talk about it in a minute, how to get out of that. But here's what I want you guys to do. Every time that you're programming or working at the day job or you see or hear about a new web app or something, constantly be asking yourself, could I do that in two days? Do I think I could do that in two days? The day or the week or whatever, the month that you're starting to be like, yeah, I could do that in two days. I know I just did that in another app. Boom, easy. We could do that. Let's do it. Let's get it done. Like when you start having that mindset, that's sort of the advanced beginner mindset. So when you're, when you're noticing that, I want you to make a note like on the calendar or something two months from now, the mindset, when you see a web app, instead of saying, oh, I could do that in two days, your mindset is going to be, oh, there's some, there's some complexity there that I'm, that I didn't notice before. I, my previous self wouldn't have thought of this. Like, oh, there's validation that we need to have here. And there's 
you know, so that's the sign of a, of a senior or a mid-level developer that is out of the advanced beginner phase to see the underlying complexity in the simplistic business requirements that you're given, but then to be able to come out on the other side of that complexity with a simplistic solution. So that's like the defining that's the defining factor of a senior senior guy right the ability to not only understand the complexity so guys here's the difference between a mid-level and a senior in my opinion and i know people hate to talk about themselves as like oh my mid-level or senior but i'm just using these terms because it's very easy to discuss so here's the difference a mid-level is not an advanced beginner they don't think everything is so easy they see the complexity underneath the simplicity of the business requirements. Perfect, done, that's a mid-level. Now, a senior level is going to see that same thing, he's gonna see that same complexity, except he's going to mentally be able to extract out a simplistic solution that fits all of the bounds of the complex business requirements that seemed simplistic at, them at the, their beginning. So it's this simple, complex, simple, step-by-step -step formula that a senior developer usually utilizes to great effect and to great impact to businesses, right? Like the whole point of being a senior developer is that you can best accentuate a business's needs through technology. And unless you're doing that in a simplistic way with fundamental type thinking, uh, everything is going to crash. Like literally house of cards crash, not like program crash. Like if you're not building things fundamentally and simply, and the whole company is built by a bunch of mid-levels building like super overly complicated technology, the whole thing is going to come crashing down like a house of cards. I've seen it happen four times at four different companies independently. And a couple of those times it was my fault, right? Like I'm not preaching to you guys, I'm preaching to, to everybody here. Like that, it was my fault at one of the companies. Like I was a mid-level and I just built like way too complicated of a solution, you know? So being a senior is really about being able to extrapolate out that simplistic solution from that complex yet seemingly simple business requirement. So now that you've done this for a couple of months and you're really in the in the valley of the advanced beginner, I love to think of it like a valley. Now you're valleyed, you're you're totally in the valley. How do you get out? So what you want to do is you want to look at the things that you're working on and the things that you're doing and start thinking deeper. Okay, so here's the difference between an advanced beginner and a mid. Again, it's simply the depth of thought that they use when thinking about problems. So here's what I mean. Let's say you have to build a web app that does, let's use our book example from last week, right? Last week we had an example of, or the first episode rather, we had this book, book website that we said to build. Um, it was a website where you could log in and rent a book. It was like a library type web app. Now, an advanced beginner would say, in their mind, they would think, oh, that's easy. Just a, there's a book entity, there's a person entity, there's a login model, I'll use device for that. There's or login functionality, I'll use device for that. There's, you know, blah, blah, blah. People can add books in the back end, et cetera, et cetera. So that's fine. Now, to shift from an advanced beginner to mid-level, you want to start thinking deeper about all of the business requirements, but also deeper about the technology and the database, and the layers of technology. So if I told you those same business requirements, a mid-level might say, hmm, how are we going to track the SKUs on the books? So he's thinking, okay, well, if books are joined to some other table, 
Are we going to do the join via the SKU? Like what, what are, what, how do we generate the SKU? Is there some kind of fee? Is there some kind of CSV of books that we're going to ingest and we need to programmatically set the SKU for everything going forward? Or is there a SKU that will be given to us? Like, so the point is, I'm kind of going off on a tangent on the SKU attribute and that that attribute could not matter at all. But the point is a mid-level will dissect the fundamentals of the business requirements at a great deeper level. So he'll sit there and he'll say, okay, well, you said that, but I'm not, you know, I'm not hearing you mention anything about the skew, which I know most things like this have. So again, mid-level, only a mid-level would be able to go, oh, wait, I know there's a skew because other sites like this use SKUs. So how are we going to track that? And then a mid-level might be like, okay, well, what about uh, book codes, like the little fiction codes at libraries? Like they have the you know, the first initial of the author and then like the number or something like how do you generate that? Is that the skew or is the skew different from that? And then a mid-level might think, okay, well, a book, how is the book going to be joined in the database? Um, an advanced beginner would say, how is the database going to be set up? What's what joins a, a mid-level is going to say, is that a left outer join or is that a right inner join or what foreign keys can we use for that? Do we actually, can we add an index to that table or to this table to speed up the query here or that query there. And guys, if you aren't the type of person that thinks that way, it's because you're not yet a mid-level and that's totally fine. Like when I was going through a lot of my programming career, I got so upset at myself because I would see other people talk like this and I would be like, I can't think, I, I don't know what they're talking about. Like I can't think of what they're, how are they coming up with these ideas? Like how do they know what to put an index on? And the secret that I found out was it came down to knowledge and experience. So I didn't have the knowledge of what database indexes were to the degree that they did. And I didn't have the experience of dealing with slow database indexes to the degree that they did such that it would cause me to point out that in a project. Like, so knowledge and experience. So don't get so caught up in this problem. If you're, if you're not thinking this way, uh, don't be bummed out or don't feel burnt out from that like just accept it and at some point you will just keep in mind the types of thinking that i'm identifying here and demonstrating because these are these are legitimate i've seen these over the past 10 years and i have seen people talk exactly like these two different ways the mid-level and the advanced beginner and it's very identifiable so this is how these people think i'm telling you right now just please take this advice and please sort of interpret this advice in any way that you think will help you the most but keep in mind the mid-level will think deeper about problems he'll associate his past projects to the current one and he'll extrapolate out things that he knows to be red flags in those projects and then bring them over into this one now that's exactly how I want you guys to get out of the advanced beginner phase into the mid-level phase. Again, keep in mind, I said I wanted you guys out of the advanced beginner valley three months after you notice you're in it, maximum. That's an accelerated path. A lot of people spend years in this valley. That's an accelerated path. Now, how are you going to do that? You're going to utilize that exact type of thinking that I just gave you. Every single pro, and don't try to do this before you're an advanced beginner. Don't try to do this before you're an advanced beginner, please. It will, it can work, but man, it's, it's just so much easier, guys. Just put in the work, program, 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 make web app after web app after web app until you like, oh, I could do this in two days. Then once you say that, every web app from then on, think incredibly deeply 
in your mind, write down incredibly lengthy documents about the validation, the foreign keys, the database, the joins, the indexes, the application layer versus the routing layer. Like how, how are you going to use a CDN to serve the assets? Are you going to use a load balancer? Like think, and if you don't know what these are, it's because you're not at an appropriate stage in your advanced beginner to really make the shift into mid-level. So if you don't know what these are and you don't want to wait for the experience, read about them. Go and grab this type of knowledge and make it your own. And then guess what? You'll be ready to make the shift. Continuing on, you might be thinking about hidden fields in the database, hidden things. You might be thinking about how do we sort things? How do we order things? You might be thinking about how do we serve this data through our API? Is there an API? Is it a public API or private API? Do we use OAuth or some kind of other client ID type authentication on the API? You might be thinking, do we need two APIs because one is actually for clients uh, data and then maybe we have another API that just reads and fetches data from third party sources. So that's kind of like an analytics type API and we don't want the traffic from one API to be uh, to be bringing down the other one and vice versa because one might have spikes of traffic at the same time and the other one doesn't. So all of these types of thinking, this type of deep thinking is what separates a mid-level from an advanced beginner. I'm, I'm, that is completely true. And if you could fake this, you could ask yourself as an advanced beginner, you could ask yourself like, what is the database indexes? What do they need to be for this project? But the problem is guys, you can't fake not knowing stuff. If you don't know stuff, it's very obvious because you'll ask yourself that question. And you'll go, shit, I have no idea. I have no idea what they should be. Let me message my friend who's an expert on databases. Let me go to lynda.com. Let me go to pluralsite.com and read and watch videos and learn about this shit. Then you'll say to yourself 10 projects later after doing this for 10 times, you'll say, oh, you know what? The indexes should be like this. Boom. You're on your way, buddy. You're on your way. You're no longer an advanced beginner. So it's all about the speed of knowledge that you acquire. It's all about the speed at which you acquire knowledge and the speed at which you put it into use. That's the name of the game here. So we're, we're saying doing things over and over. Now, that's coupled with knowledge acquisition. So as we acquire knowledge and we speed up the implementation cycles, we can accelerate getting out of the advanced beginner valley into the mid-level valley, into the mid-level peak, and then on from there to senior and sort of principal engineer roles. Now, if you're listening to this and you want to be a manager of web developers, it's totally fine. You still have to become at least a, a, a you still have to become at least a 100% solid mid-level before you become a manager of Ruby on Rails or web developers. And the reason is typically you want some technical expertise when you're managing those people. It'll make you feel better. It'll make you more confident. It'll just help your team more. And in fact, if you try to manage web developers before you have a solid mid-level understanding of the industry, you're probably going to make your team underperform and you don't want to do that. That's bad. So you want to make sure that even regardless of your career path, that you get to this mid-level point. So once you've reached the mid-level phase and you're able to understand you know, just to give you guys a super specific example, when you understand what inverse underscore of means in the Ruby on Rails models, when you make a foreign key relationship to something and then you say, so you like, you're like belongs to this inverse of that, when you're able to do that, that's kind of the sign of a mid-level. So 
I'm just giving you guys very tangible things that way. And these are kind of ridiculous, and but they're very tangible. And the point is, guys, a lot of you have these, a lot of us have these brains where when we hear somebody say this, uh, we think, oh, that's too simple. Uh, when I know inverse of, yeah, right. Like that doesn't make me a mid-level. Here's the thing, guys. A lot of your brain is thinking in an opposite way of what is actually helpful. So our brains are wired for all of these things that the world is not anymore. We have these brains. If you read The Selfish Gene by Richard Dawkins, you'll learn like our brains are very made from our evolutionary past thousands of years ago. And a lot of the thoughts that we have aren't helpful or beneficial to us. So having these realistic these realistic sort of things like, oh, when I learn inverse of, I'm, I'm on my way. Knowing that sort of stuff, even though it sounds ridiculous, and it kind of is, it doesn't stop it from being one of the most useful things that you could possibly do or understand or, or know as a KPI. Right, So we're talking about KPIs, key performance indicators. You want to try to make sure that you have KPIs on your path from, become, from being an advanced beginner to getting out of that into a mid-level role. So once you have the KPIs that define your mid-level role, like, oh, I can do inverse of, I fully understand indexes, I can set up a, you know, a really complex database relationship using foreign keys appropriately, and I know it would scale to some capacity. Um, Stuff like that, once you have those KPIs, like I've done 100 projects, etc., that's going to help you a lot. And when you're able to achieve them, you'll immediately know that you've met those KPIs and that you're reaching your goals. Now, a lot of people, again, they will have a hard time identifying what those KPIs are. And we might have an entire episode on that. I'm not sure if you guys would like that. If you do, message me, miller.dane at gmail.com, Dane spelled D-A-I-N at gmail, or on Twitter at Dane Miller, spelled the same way. And just let me know that you would like an episode on KPIs for reaching advanced beginner or KPIs for getting out of advanced beginner. We gave you a couple throughout this episode. If you Those thought patterns of like, oh, I could build this in two days. That's a KPI for advanced beginner. And then, oh, I'm thinking deeper about things. That's, an advanced, that's a KPI for a mid-level. But if you want very specific KPIs, like understanding inverse of and stuff like that, message me. And uh, if that's a request I get a lot, uh, I'll be happy to do an episode on that or even a blog posts and just list all of the different KPIs. Now, real quickly before we wrap up here, we're almost done. I wanted to quickly touch on the senior developer versus mid-level dichotomy and what, what is different about those two individuals. Briefly, very briefly, we could go into an entire episode on that topic. Um, but I want you guys to have a vision of what you're going to become. I want you guys to have a goal or an end finish line that you're going to reach. And I want for a lot of you that to be a senior developer. It could be a senior developer that's a manager. It could be a senior developer that's a principal engineer at Etsy. It could be a senior developer that's a CTO of some startup that nobody's ever heard of. It could be a senior engineer that's working at their own digital agency as a freelancer building badass projects on their own. It could be a senior engineer as a senior developer as a, um, a teammate of a big agency that builds projects for other companies could be that so whatever it is i want you guys to have the target and the finish line in sight and the way that i think the the best way that i ever heard to to figure that out is to analyze lifestyles 
and what guys we're almost done briefly going to touch on this but look at the lifestyles of the people that you look up to in ruby on rails is it ben orenstein is it um tender love aaron patterson is it is it dhh like whose lifestyles do you like and really analyze them so not just their conference talks go to their twitter see what their talk see what their life is like go to their website see what their life is like etc now do you like Kent Beck's lifestyle, living on a farm in Oregon, working for Facebook? Uh, he has goats, and so he's like living this sort of old school type of lifestyle. But coupled with that is this extremely advanced technical thinking and, and problem solving that he does. You know, so do you want that type of lifestyle? So this is a great tip that was given to me by Cal Newport, and it's part of his lifestyle training. And so. If you figure out the lifestyle that you want, it's easier for you to envision it and buy. And this is kind of a hack, right? Like when people set like 10 year goals, they're like, oh, you know, my 10 year goal is to have like a million dollars. That's fine. But it's better if you set a 10 year goal that your brain literally can envision. And you can envision $10 million sitting next to you. But that's not what I'm talking about. Your brain is easier your brain has an easier time envisioning lifestyles because it's the same shit that you do every day except a little bit different. So if you're like, okay, in 10 years, I'm going to be working on a farm in the middle of nowhere with like a thousand acres that I own. And I'm going to be working remotely for Google as like a, one of the senior most famous engineers in the company working on search stuff. If that's your goal, that's fine. Envision it as vividly as you possibly can. And every day, make sure that you're working towards achieving that. And it starts by becoming an advanced beginner. Then it moves on to becoming a mid-level. Then from there, it's achieved only by becoming a senior level engineer. And the senior engineer, again, is somebody that thinks about business, technology, architecture, systems, integration, partners, code complexity, code reuse, repetition, automation. I mean, these senior engineers think about everything. Guys, I, I feel like people don't get this. A senior engineer is a job that is 100% based on the degree to which you think about problems. That So here, guys, let me just rest let me just say this again. I feel like people don't get this. A senior engineer is not somebody who can write better code. It typically is, but it's not because of that that they're a senior engineer, right? That's causative. It's not correlated. Or it's it's correlated, correlated, not causative, rather. Now, in my opinion, a senior engineer, based on my experience, is somebody that very simply is willing to use more of their brain than anybody below them. Now, that could be because of a personal decision. It could be because they were just thrust into the role and they, they realize they like it. Whatever the reason is doesn't matter. It's simply true that a senior engineer uses more of his brain to think about more of the problems that you didn't even know existed in a deeper way than you ever have with any of your current problems. And that's it. That, that, that's it. That's a senior engineer. And that is what makes somebody become a senior engineer through the necessary repetitive thought, deep thought, about technical problems and that's it and i'll leave you with that guys so i hope you had a good episode 
I know it's been a while since we did a dedicated Ruby on Rails episode. We've been doing cross posts to this feed. If you've been subscribed to this feed for a while, we've been doing cross posts of our web dev show. And the reason is a lot of the time I'll record a web dev episode and I'll be like, oh, this applies to everybody. So I'll go ahead and syndicate it across. So thanks a lot, guys. If you love this episode or like this show, please feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. That means a lot. So if you just search start here Ruby on Rails, also, feel free to check out my website, dane.io. I've been posting a lot of motivational content and fun content for you guys. I do a post every day, and I've got it scheduled out for, for many, many weeks and months in the future. So it'll be coming out every day if you guys want to head on over to that website and get some motivation every day. That's what I'll be doing. And also check out our starthere.fm website. That's where we post these episodes. We post the show notes there as well. Uh, you can comment there on the website. Also feel free to check us out on Twitter. I'm Dane Miller on Twitter, uh, start here FM on Twitter. Uh, would love a follow. We usually post tons of fun content. We're also on Instagram at Dane Miller and at start here FM. And we're posting tons of motivational and inspirational content there as well. And I think that about wraps it up guys. So thanks a lot. Keep learning, keep growing, keep moving forward and never stop. Thanks guys. See you next time.